I know that you've all been prepared for this, but I thought I'd just remind you just the same. Can you handle that? And we're back for another episode of Invasion of the Poly Snatchers. I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, Noel John Tui. Let's get to it. So, Noel. You're back and I'm happy to see you buddy and we came together <laughs> or, um, we, we came together for this 1997 cult classic called Event Horizon directed Probably by not. Paul sorry yeah, sorry yeah directed by Paul W.S. Anderson credited as Paul Anderson starring Lawrence Fishburne, Sam Neill, Kathleen Quinlan and Jolie Richardson and a whole assortment of people that we got to know better you know Jason Isaac, Sean Pertweed you know so the cast is really really stacked um you, uh, this was your recommendation. Uh, no, do you have a long history with this movie? Because I hadn't seen it in a long time. So, I, 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 yeah, me being the old, the old, the old guy, um, mm. I went to this movie in the cinema. All, well, all my friends were going to a party, and um, I couldn't, I couldn't get anyone to cover. Yeah, I couldn't get anyone <laughs> to cover or get permission or anything. So I said, like, all right, you guys go ahead. I'm just going to kill some time. And I went to the cinema, and I went and I um, went to this on my own, and then I got home. And I sat up and I had a couple of sneaky drinks out of my dad's cabinet, and uh, then I found out Princess. <laughs> then I found out Princess Diana had just died. That's where I was the Shit. night the Princess Diana just died. I was, think... I was in the cinema watching Event Horizon. Was she on the ship? No, <laughs> <laughs> she might have been better off. Too soon, peeps. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. Sound off in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's fucked up, actually. Yeah, because I can remember. Not to too, go too deep down to Princess Diana uh, rabbit hole, but um, yeah, I can remember being like a young kid, being asleep on the couch and waking up at like seven o'clock, eight o'clock in the morning or something, and the news was starting to slowly come through that some something happened around that time. But um, I yeah, was so, watching Channel Four, and it went, mm, it just went dead air, like yeah, like, um, and it reminded me of the films I'd watched, you know, like where. If, if the emergency broadcast signal just started, no, going through, yeah, not so I don't ever follow that. Yeah, because I was very young watching this film. I was fourteen, I think, and mm. um, and uh, I was just, you know, like I loved horror, but I was obviously not as battle hardened as I am now. Yeah, um, but horror still to, scared you. When horror still scared me, yeah. I, 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 right these days, I get jump scares sometimes, but I don't yeah. really. I don't really end up afraid of a film, like you know. Yeah, and it doesn't really stay with you afterwards either. No, no. I watched this film today. I enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I'm really glad I picked it. Uh, but I watched it at about twelve o'clock midday, and yeah. uh, I had a cup of tea, you know, and mm-hmm. a, a, a sausage and a piece of toast. And uh, I enjoy, you know, and I just enjoyed yeah, yeah. it, like you know. That's that's the four, fourteen year old Jew is looking back. He's like, dude, where's the popcorn? Where's the sleepy yeah, alcohol? Yeah, What's going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> Fucking worst! What? Who did I became the tea and crumpets guy? I'm just like, you know? <laughs> um, no, yeah, uh, but but what you call it? No, I'm um, I'm the same. I'm the same way. Like when I was younger, horrors scared the shit out of me. And I kept coming back for that thrill of the fear. But now you come back like it's like you're chasing the dragon. Yes, you know what I mean. Like it's like you want to feel that fear again and again. That so, original high, yeah, yeah. And it's like, and that's why I think when you get older, the movies that do scare you, you hold maybe in higher regard than the even yes. are. You know what I mean? Because you're just so happy to feel that high again, that rush yeah. of being afraid. You know exactly. And Event Horizon at the time for me, I left that feeling like this is 
a really good movie. You said before we start recording that somebody, I don't know, in Twitterverse said that, uh, you know, films, horror, horror movies shouldn't be in space. And I, I couldn't have disagreed more. And this would be an excellent example because yeah. hopelessness and yeah. like, yeah. I mean, there's nowhere safe. If you're not safe on the ship, there yeah. is literally nothing but death around it. Yeah. Exactly. And there's like, probably like less death on the ship, but a lot of death. So there's yeah. just like you can deal with like a lot of death or impossible amounts of death. Exactly. And that's that's an excellent setting for something yeah. like a horror film. Because it's like before we said recording, you were like in space, you can run out of food, you can run out of air, and then I was like, but you can't run out the door. You can't run out the door. Yeah, exactly. you know what I mean. But imagine like, you could run out of air. Like even if you're like locked in a like you're under siege in a police uh, police precinct. Yeah. Like you can run out of bullets and you can run out of food and all of this kind of thing, but you're literally going to run out of air to breathe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like so, yeah. or your gravity won't give up on you. you yeah, know what it's I mean? like, like uh, uh, the thing that's so scary about isolationist horror in space is that like when the talk, the clock starts ticking, it's there's it's death. Like there's no oh the yes. clock starts ticking. Maybe we can get out of here in time before it blows up. No, you're going to die. <laughs> like you know what I mean. Like it's like if yeah. you're not like there's literally there is no escape. Like you know, like in, in space, as soon as your options start getting cut down, it always leads to death. It's like because it's very hard to be found and rescued in space. Yeah, you could be. You know what I mean. You could be in the North Pole. It's not impossible. A lot yeah, of times, exactly. you know, you're you wake up from the hyper sleep chamber. You're five years into deep space. Mm. Look at Ripley in the end of Aliens. She woke exactly. up exactly hundreds of years later. Yeah, hundreds of years later. So, so that, anyway, to, to like, I mean, to cut the wheat from the chaff a little bit, this ship, this starts with a very secret mission that they were suddenly sent on out towards Neptune. They sleep for like seventy-two days, and mm-hmm. then the doctor tells them that we're here. Uh, I think the year was twenty forty or twenty four twenty forty seven. Yeah, and he goes, "We're here to, uh, to 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 find the Event Horizon ship," and every and that was a myth because that that ship had blown up. The ship was gone. Yeah. That that was well known. You say yeah. not true. This is top yeah. secret. The ship is bleeding edge technology, and we don't yeah. know what happened to it. And yeah, because at the at the start of the movie, they, they kind of give like a little quick ticker of the different advances humans have made into space throughout the timeline of this civilization. Yeah. And space like, Mar- Mar- Moon Colony in twenty fifteen. Yeah. Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> And they were like, we have mining Mars by like 2032 or something. Yeah, and, yeah, that was it. And, yeah. yeah, and in 2040, they sent Deep Horizon into space, or sorry, Event Horizon into space. And, to the outer, the outer, so, the outer solar system. Yeah, into, into deep space, and then they lost all contact with it. And then seven exactly. years later, this signal starts being emanating, and they, they identify it as the Event Horizon. And this is what leads Sam Neill's character to be on the Lewis and Clark, the ship captain by... Lawrence Fishburne and they don't know what's going on until as you said Sam Neill kind of sits them around the comms table or whatever yeah. and yeah goes through the whole thing and then as you said they, they believe it's just a myth that they've been set. They, they were on, supposed to go on and leave and they think it's a load of bullshit and it's a waste of their time like you know what I mean they yes. think they've been sent out here on a wild goose chase like you know what I mean kind of like a you know rich man's La- folly Lawrence Fishburne's character Captain sorry just so I get it right Captain who Oh, sorry, Captain Miller, I'm pretty sure. Captain Miller. Uh, he makes it yeah. very clear by his character from the start that he he wants things just done. He doesn't yeah. have, like, because he, he kind of keeps interjecting with the Doctor and going. Mr. Mission. Know, yeah, just, yeah, Mr. Mission, exactly. Mm. And um, so he was just like, you know, it's an honor to be here. Well, it's not an honor for us because we were just dragged out to New Neptune yeah. um, without any notice, tearing away from our families. And we want to know why, yeah. 
he says, you know, the event horizon. They find the event horizon. I remember thinking to myself, did they did they purposely build the ship to be the spookiest looking fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah, every every ship in this is creepy as fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like even the space station they're on at the start of the movie. And I was just like, oh, that just looks like hell in space. Yeah. <laughs> you know I, I, mean? want sh- I want the ship to make people think of hope. I was thinking sex dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, I want to go demonic. Yeah. It's never been demonic done before. Demonic sex space. dungeon. Demonic yeah. That's been done. Yeah. Yeah. So like, um, yeah, to cut through the first minutes of the movie, they, they, they go to the outer you know, atmosphere of Neptune. And then as they're traveling through this like cloud storm or whatever the fuck, I'm not sure if the physics are very on point in this movie, but like they slowly or not sorry, not, they quickly are on the event horizon and they can have to slow down and jam up before they can make port and go on board the event horizon to investigate what happened to the, the previous crew and shit like this. And uh, they said to you um, before we start recording that the scenes like this um, reminded me a lot of Sunshine. Uh, when the, oh, the yeah. Crew, yeah the crew from Icarus One find the, crew oh, the, the, the or the ship from Icarus Two sorry no the, sorry the crew from Icarus Two find the Icarus One and then go on board to investigate actually yeah sorry now do you, now do you say that that it even had the <clears throat> ship sent out to find the Doom ship kind of uh, aspect no, no. of it. They weren't sent out to find the Doom ship. They were the last resort, and they decided to go off course to get to more send because there was two uh, two. Yeah. Twice the chance to, to reignite the sun. Yeah, because yeah, he was I, like, I, two bombs are better than one or some books like that. Was it, yeah. 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 But uh, no, this was great. Like, I mean, it kind of gets into it pretty quickly. I was very happy with the pacing. You um, need to, don't you? In this you movie. do, yeah. yeah. They get on the ship and it's absolutely fucking terrifying looking. So everyone decides <laughs> to split up. First yeah. and foremost. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they had one joke. And yeah. I don't, I didn't spot it the first time we walked. The... the, the the woman, I, I'm not sure what her specialty was, Mama Bear, they were yeah, calling her. And she goes good. into a room, she goes, looks at the console, and she goes, oh, blood. And then there's yeah. a flash of like light or lightning or something, I don't know what, maybe from yeah. Neptune or something. And you can see that the whole wall is just like a human grenade was just set up. It's just yeah. flashing <laughs> blood and guts you, and stuff. Like what completely did, splattered everywhere. What did you make of the scene that, like, you know, right before, right, is the, I think it was right is the, when they docked with the Event Horizon, that like uh, they showed up on the bridge that uh, Lawrence Fishburne was there with you know the, the crew on the bridge and like they make dock and then they all turn their chairs they're all on swivel chairs they all turn their chairs and leave like normally but he's got this like chair that's a spinning in the air yeah <laughs> and he presses the button and it turns around in the slowest manner ever and like like literally it's no benefit to him to actually even turn the chair no. he could have just literally climbed down and walked away and by the time his chair is so slow, by the time he fully ro- rotates, everyone else is gone. <laughs> yeah. The first time we see him, he's got three people in a small room with him, him being the fourth. Yeah. And he wants to know, like, you know, like, engineer guy, how's my ship looking? Pilot guy, how's he <laughs> He actually turns this, like, chair towards everybody. Yeah. And I would just be sitting there going, you on my, like, you on my left, you in front of me. Like, yeah. Just, just lean. Like, <laughs> just like all he has to do is do a good old fashioned Captain Kirk lean. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, lean on your it, elbow. Yeah. yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Like, that's it. That's what like, I'd be that's, doing. That's how Captain Kirk did it. He's like, if he wanted to talk to Sulu, he was leaning towards Sulu. Check off, yeah. he was on his on to check off. That's how you manage a captain's chair. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's how that's it's how done, people. Captain chair. They, they, <laughs> you make them come to you. Yeah. But yeah, then then they cross over the umbilicus. Yeah. yeah. That's right. I was paying attention. 
and they get on the ship. And I like straight away that the, the, the young, the, the, the cannon fodder, like he might as Justin. well have been wearing a red ensign's uniform. <laughs> He's like the guy that goes on the mission in the new Star, Star Trek with uh, Captain Kirk and Mr. Sulu when they're going down to the world drilling machine. And he's like, you know, all dressed in red. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to get him. going to kill some Klingons. Yeah. And he's like, open your chute. Open your chute. That's <laughs> what so this guy is like, you know what I mean? He's just like, he, like, literally, as you said, everyone spits off and they go investigate in different parts of the event horizon. For this guy, Justin, who finds himself down in this, like, I think they call it the quantum drive or some bullshit. And he's yeah. down in or the quantum core, or whatever, like something that looks super radioactive. That it was never the seems to... They've already explained that the idea was that they created an engine that could make the distance between two points zero. Yeah. Like it's... holding space and instantaneously bringing them to the Andromeda system. Yeah. FTL. Yeah. FTL, so, faster than light travel. Faster than light travel. Um, so this is why, like, the ship was obviously top secret. Co- Code black or something, you know. He yeah, 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 yeah. Code black, yeah. Yeah, and uh, so obviously he 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 gets to see the big again. Like I'm sure that it's very, it's just unnecessary. Scary, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's like and just in case we meet aliens, we want to scare the shit out of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but he sees uh, this black loop and it sucks him in, really, doesn't it? To be fair, he walks over and starts touching it. Yes, he does. He's do like, that. he's like, oh, I mean, well, it's pretty much the equivalent of a nuclear engine, like a nuclear core. I'm just gonna walk over and start touching stuff. Yeah, and everyone's <laughs> yeah. missing. Like everyone's mm. missing because something's clearly gone terribly wrong. Yeah, but, and, but I'm gonna go over and look at this stuff. And um, is, is this this is where he starts like because this is where they kind of start jumping around to what everyone's up to, and and there is a part where you're on Mama Bear, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, she comes across as like a, fr- a frozen floating body because yes. like when they're investigating it because yeah and he's like actually even before that there's a really cool jump scare when Lawrence Fishburne is walking onto the bridge I think of Hermit Horizon where a hand touches him on the shoulder and, and it's turns, just a floating hand yeah yeah <laughs> they had magnetic boots they hadn't like turned on the, the gravity yeah yeah. No, no, they were actually, I think they were floating at this stage, weren't they? Or were they just floating around? No, I think were... they had grab, because I think I remember... Oh, they had mag boots. Magne- magnetic boots, yeah. But uh, but this is the first, like, a Cooper guy who's, I'm not sure why exactly what his job was, but he was cool. Uh, he runs in and, and to it saves our friend, or our little ensign. Uh, <laughs> it was a shockwave that kind of, like, fucked everyone up a little bit. And then it, you have straight away, like if you were watching this for the first time, this is where you find out that the doctor's going to be that crazy guy who just like, it's impossible. I'm telling you, it's impossible. Yeah. Uh, and um, he's telling them like, oh, I went in there to save him. There was all this black liquid shit. And he's got no, that's impossible because that could only be if the engine was on. And I remember thinking to myself, how would that guy know they're supposed to be black liquid shit? Yeah. This guy should know nothing about it. It's because he built it said, all. Yeah. No, no the, the black guy that went in and saved um, the ensign. Yeah, Cooper. Um, yeah, uh, Cooper. Richard T. Jones, I think. That him. Richard T. Jones, yeah. Um, yeah, Richard T. Jones, yeah. God, he was young there. And, and, uh, uh, and yeah, the doctor's doing the whole, that's impossible, the engine would have to be active. And I would just be like, at this point, someone needs to bitch slap and go, everyone here is dead. <laughs> I love everyone. 
I love though how um quickly the Lewis and Clark starts to fall apart because like I think um is it the the guy Justin he's attached to either the Lewis and Clark or some part of the event horizon he's on like a real like the guy that happens to the guy in Stranger Things where he goes into the upside down and he gets starts put he gets pulled into this black goo, uh, goo on the reel and yeah. it's like a little bit gets ripped out. I think I'm pretty sure it's part of the Lewis and Clark. Maybe I'm mistaken, but I think a little bit gets ripped out, and then you got the energy burst. And then, like after for the rest of the movie, the Lewis and Clark is just falling apart. Like, yeah. like that ship just falls apart consistently. Yeah, that, that, yeah, that that ship was yeah. But that was like I mean the hopelessness in this film. I I, I we said it, it comes at you from like five angles. Mm. You get onto the ship, the the the, the, the Lewis and Clark ship, the, the ship that got them there gets damaged. Great name too. Yeah. So they can't just they can't just fuck off. Yeah. Uh, secondly, they're stuck on the ship for 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 the time being. But the twenty CO2, hours, twenty hours. But the CO two engines are, are are shot, so yeah. they're literally only breathing the ambient air. That's it. Yeah, it's because yeah, because in space, um, there's things they use called CO two scrubbers, which scrubs the carbon dioxide out of the air and helps recycle clean oxygen into the air or whatever. Because they they allude to it later because they start collecting them before they try to. No fleeing shit, not to jump too far ahead. Um, but, uh, but it's cool. You kind of know, like, wow, like, like the actual um, scientific dangers. Yeah, that's is of just being in space. Yeah, just being there, just existing there at that it's moment. Just existing there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so a clock, a, a little timer is set. Yeah. For for the whole thing to unplay, and then yeah, yeah. You, you, so pretty much you have 20 hours to fix the Lewis and Clark before all the oxygen runs out on the event horizon that's yes. the ticking time clock and then it, but instantly everyone starts hearing like voices and stuff like that like, yeah it, it, it does not mess around this film yeah because as soon as Justin gets dragged into the black goo and there's like an EMP sent out from the the quantum drive or whatever it's called this is where the movie goes from subtlety to scary <laughs> you know what I mean because like, like it's it's always hinting and alluding and, like just to jump back a little bit we see the opening scene Sam Neill's character um, before he goes or wakes from stasis um, the strange that Jason Isaacs calls it stasis in this I've never heard it pronounced that way so I'm <laughs> using stasis but um, uh, they, there's a form like when he uh, before he wakes from stasis earlier he sees he has a nightmare and he sees this woman that's floating around in like in zero G or something she has no eyes and Damn. then it gets into the movie yeah <laughs> okay, and, the um, first time we see him, Sam O'Neill, by the way, he, he wakes up and he's had a dream about Claire, you know, the the, the love of his life. Yeah. And uh, he's got three pictures of Claire on his wall, uh, like Polaroid photos. And he takes yeah. one off and he goes, Claire. He puts, <laughs> he puts the picture over the other side of the room where he's got like a Claire shrine. Yeah. Like 60 pictures yeah. Uh, and it's yeah. just like, oh, well, like, I mean. Do you we, think we, he's like, using the same adhesive as your man from Happiness to used to stick his. Postcards to the wall with his man love. Oh, <laughs> if anyone's ever seen that movie, does not live <laughs> up to his name. Super depressing. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it, I I I kind of like this. I kind of it's got that whole uh, predator vibe where you like you then you. I'm thinking you. You might live. Yeah. And you you probably sacrifice yourself in some sort of heroic fashion. You know, yeah. you, you you're doing the whole death clock on people. Like. Yeah, that's that. That's a good horror though. Because, because you never, like, in the bad horrors, you're like, oh, you die, you die, you die, you die, you die. And we know exactly what it's a good horror. You're like, maybe you go first. Maybe you, maybe you survive you. Or maybe you're the, the person that survives that, that unexpectedly survives. You know, that kind of way. Like, yes. that's what the Event Horizon does because... But it's, had, but it's 
Sorry, I'm talking no, about no, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Either. I watched uh, Spoiler Alert, if anyone hasn't seen, I think season three of Slasher, which was on Netflix. Yeah. And uh, and uh, at the start of it, me and my partner, we were watching it, and she said, um, that dude's imaginary. I said, which dude? <laughs> I said, you want, she's, she's ta- her brother, he's imaginary. No one else is interacting with him. I was like, oh, yeah, so she's the killer. It's like, yeah, she's the killer. That was it. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> And that was like episode literally one. Yeah. And we were just like, oh, so that's it. So now we're just like, all right, so you can just like, you can just, everyone's going to die except their scream queen. And that's it. And that is exactly how it played out. Event Horizon had so many possibilities for death. Yeah. Because a lot of the actors are at similar stages of the career, like Sean Pertwee, Jason Isaacs. It's very hard, like um, even a Richard T. Oh, yeah, yeah. You You know what I mean? Yeah. He didn't have a Brad Pitt on board. Yeah. Or a young Leonardo DiCaprio, or just these actors that were blowing up the world in 1997. Yeah, exactly. Like even Lawrence Fishburne and Sam Neill, but Sam Neill is supposed on the back of like Jurassic Park and stuff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. The biggest star, but oh yeah, but he was clearly so early on. He was clearly the guy who was he would. It was literally his baby. Like he invented yeah. the engine. Yeah, so was, yeah. So this was literally his baby. So you knew it was never going to be him. Yeah, or, exactly. Like, he wasn't going to be the good guy ultimately. Like that was the one thing it did spoon feed to you. But that's just yeah. common sense. You yeah, because it's as we've touched on a few times. It's like it's a, it's a well worn trope: the scientist who falls in love with his own hubris and his own technology that leads to his demise. Yes, much. or the ends justifying the means. Yeah, so exactly. Yes, yeah, so there's always like you know begin human experimentation. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Injected into a die. <laughs> <laughs> Injected uh, yeah. unnecessarily cruelly. Uh, so um, at this stage now that Justin's being dragged into the Black Lou, he was saved by um, Richard T. Jones, who you call it, Cooper. So Cooper drags him out. He has the the kind of like, you know, spat or whatever with um, with Sam Neill's character. What's his name? Dr. Dr. Weir. Uh, Weir, um, yeah. And so like this is where we start seeing, as you said, the ticking time clock because the losing character's damage beyond, uh, not beyond repair, but it's going to take some time to repair and they have 20 hours of, uh, uh, you know, oxygen left on the event horizon. And shit starts going downhill from here pretty much because they're now, for all intents and purposes, locked on the event horizon for nearly a whole day. And, you know what yep. I mean? And this is where it's literally like, it's like it's like dog soldiers in a way. Let's see if he can survive to see the morning. Kind exactly. of thing, you know? Because when the tapes and stuff start becoming clear, like there's a guy saying in Latin, save yourselves. You know, because they, they go across the first member, Jason Isaacs, here's it's more broken. And he's it says, Liberté me, or something like that. Save and it's me. like, save but was, me. But then he said, look, I think I was wrong. It was Liberté Vertume, or something yeah. like that. And that me, or something. Yeah. That means uh, save, save yourself. Uh, so the, he just knows, he <laughs> like he says it a little bit later in the film, he went, fuck this shit. <laughs> you know what uh, I mean? <laughs> um, So... As we talked about before we came on here, is there a scarier uh, uh, language than Latin? Like, no. maybe Aramaic. Do you know when they throw in the Aramaic? I love those Exorcist movies. I'm like, what's that recording? It's like, it can't be true. It's ancient Aramaic. There's like a 16-year-old girl from Nebraska saying it or something. I, like, I, oh. I always <laughs> I always like, uh, like, like to think that there's some like Iraqi film or something out mm. there where there's some like ulchy Irish lad like us and it's just the tapes go on and goes, ah, oh, Jesus, lads. Ah, there's, there's demons everywhere. <laughs> and they're going, what is it? He goes, oh, I, I don't know. 
I don't recognise the dialect, but I think it's English. <laughs> a primitive form of English. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it, it is. I even sent you like the translation of I am very stupid in Latin. Yeah. It's like ego vest and it just sounds cool. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a cool language. No yeah, it, it's a very like um old, like, obviously it's an old language, but it just hits the ear differently. Exactly. Something about it, you know. Um, and it you know, we really take alien. so we take so much from it. Mm. But um, um it, all the romantic languages are based on it pretty much, aren't they? Yeah, uh, in Spanish, Italian, French, and all this shit. But um, but, the, but uh, the the female, um, sorry, the number one, Jodie Richardson. Jodie Richardson. Yeah, her character figures out straight away that that ship crossed through space and time, but it brought something back with it. Yeah, Lieutenant Stark. Lieutenant Stark. She said this ship brought something back with it. There was something wrong here, and um, you know, you think like there's going to be a lot of denial because that's what you should do because you know that's what you do you first you don't yeah. believe until you're face to face with it but to be fair to this film it injected enough paranoia into everyone including um the captain because yeah. it remembered that he left a man to die yeah it, it gave everyone enough, that. yeah it gave everyone enough skeletons in their closet that exactly the money creatures can actually use them as weapons against them you know playing mind games and shit exactly so it's not anyone playing mind games with me at least ex- like of my crew or external of me because yeah. nobody knew that yeah, exactly. It's just playing on your own insecurities, your own fears. Exactly. So he just knows, wait, like, okay, the tapes show that the, the, the last crew were, like, torturing themselves. Like, it was orgies. And no, murder. that comes later. It comes a little bit later. Yeah. Because, well, still, they had the screaming tapes then. Yeah, yeah, because they, they had the last, the, I can remember this. Uh, it's like, this is the last transmission we had from the event horizon. Pure chill. And he presses play. He's like, and it's like your man's like hey, to me and then I would be like alright lads I'm going home yeah. and like you can send me to the break or court marshal me when I get home oh yeah but yeah. I'm going home okay because yeah. like if that's the last transmission when I get home you can court marshal me when I'm home yeah, me when I'm home. Yeah, I'm not I know that. For the rest of my life, I'm home. And what <laughs> all three of those sentences have I come? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, it's like, like if that's the last transmission of this ship that you've ventured into deep space with this advanced technology you hasn't been heard of in seven years, you get this mysterious transmission, and it contains that. I'm yeah. like, all right, lads, time to back this ship around. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like your man in Braveheart. He's like, all right, lads, time to go home. But this is, but there was at least a natural reaction. It wasn't these people going, oh, we need to persevere or, or we yeah. have our orders. You had, the, you had the obsessed scientists, of course, but everyone else was just like, fuck this place. Yeah. We're getting yeah. the fuck out of there. But then our, our, our little friend um, wakes up and decides Justin. he wants to go. And, yeah, Justin wants to take, Justin wants to like, Spend some time outside. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's a young lad. He wants to play outside, and uh, kids don't do it enough today. Yeah. <laughs> so he gets into the airlock and he starts talking about the darkness. Yeah. Which I thought was cool. I, I loved that scene. That scene completely held up. I yeah. don't know if I've watched Event Horizon in the twenty-four years since it came out. The twenty-three years, uh, not not start to finish anyway. Like yeah. I think it's probably been on TV and stuff, but. I remember that scene from the cinema. That was my favorite scene, and it was mm. this time too. Because obviously, like the insanity or the drive or the voices in his head put him in the airlock. But then, when he starts, when the airlock starts to activate, and his veins are literally start to like be torn. From his body, <laughs> he's kind of coming through, and he's trying to get out, and he's scared and stuff. 
with Lawrence Fishburne, who was out doing a, <laughs> a skywalk or spacewalk. Spacewalk, yeah. yeah. He just says, breathe out. Close your eyes, breathe out. Because yeah. the thing is, you're living... I love, you I love the Lawrence Fishburne's um, uh, his journey to try to save Justin. And do you remember the clock's ticking down and he like he's pushing himself alongside the the, the structure of the event horizon. He's pulling himself yeah. along, he's pulling himself along. It's like it's like four, five, four, and he's like giving him all these instructions. And he's like, he's like, I'm scared, Captain. I'm scared. He's like, Justin, and he's barely <laughs> moving. Like, he's barely moving. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're going to be screaming Justin for a while. Captain. Two minutes ago, we need to reserve oxygen. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so, like, yeah, so the countdown is, and Justin comes through, uh, comes to, and in uh, right as uh, the countdown happens, he's like, the captain's on the outside. He's like, breathe out, as you were saying, like, you know, and get fall up in the fetal position, whatever. And Justin's inside the airlock, and his eyes are bleeding. He's like, breathe in and out, Justin. He's like, I don't have any eyes, guy. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know I mean? Give me a second to, to compose myself. <laughs> he kick, uh, he, the captain kicks off, grabs Justin, pushes him back mm. into the airlock, and like ostensibly saves. Like, I mean, he's kind of, he's kind of. He's a little worse for wear from being. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's kind yeah. of like similar to another scene in um, Sunshine, where Killian Murphy has to push himself. Um, I can't remember the other actor, but him, Chris Evans, and another character through space, and they're just wrapped up in a tin fight. Um, that was an that scene? awesome scene. Oh, incredible! Oh, I awesome I love scene. I haven't talked about that. Yeah. Oh, we should definitely do a podcast on that because uh, a podcast on that because one, one thing I loved about that was the in suit camera shots. But it made because the suits are all exposed to be made completely of gold and looks always looks so heavy. When have like the the shots of Killian Murphy and he's like <gasps> and he's like always seems like he's running out of oxygen and every movement seems really like heavy, yeah, exertive, like you know what I mean? I love the way they portrayed that and at the mid space. And it was really a huge yeah, by the way. Event Horizon did break ground. I really do mm. think it did. Um at least for me. I I'm not Definitely one of Paul W. S. Anderson's better movies for sure. Oh my god, yeah. He put a bit of love into it though. Like he was actually trying to scare people. Yeah, I think eventually uh, he just started putting his wife in his movies instead of creativity. Yeah. Leave that there. I'll just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> Contra, Contra, controversial. <laughs> but yeah, he I I I I thought at this point, I thought, yes, who's next? It's in it now. It's in it to win it. Yeah. Um that the ship is not lying. Everybody knows that they're standing inside. I think one of the Smithy or something, the, 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 the navigation officer. Sean Perkins. Uh, yeah, he said, I'd rather be out there, like literally out welding the, 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 the Lewis and Clark ship together than being in this fucking shit can. Oh, you would though, wouldn't you? You would. At that stage, yeah. Because yeah. at least yeah. you can focus your mind on the task at hand. Focus your mind on it, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and like at this stage, it's like, uh, so as you you touched on, Smitty's been sent to repair the Lewis and Clark. Um, Justin is like pretty much in stasis or stasis, as uh, Jason Isaac says. Yeah. And then we see Mama Bear, she's in like, uh, I'm not sure if this happens before or after, but we should touch upon it. Um, you want Mama Bear who has a kid at home and obviously she has these issues that she feels like she's abandoning her kid by yeah. going into deep space and stuff. And she sees, um, there's all these like incubation pods set up one of them seems to be covered in like a tent of some sort and she sees like a hand in it which was a really cool scene really yeah. cool visual 
and she sees like a hand in it and it's like a person moving around and shit and she walks towards it and slowly unzips it and you're like is this a survivor what the fuck and she sees this kid and obviously to us we're like what the fuck is maybe this survivor but then she realizes obviously it's her son she looks at his legs and he's covered in burns or like cancerous looking things like lesions nearly for lack of a better word and like this is or another instance where the ship um as you touched on plays on the fears of the characters like it touched on she has these issues that she feels like she's abandoning her family that, and she had to cancel Christmas with her kids she touches on earlier on in the movie and she gets it for the summer or some shit because like this is showing just like the fears and how the ship is starting to slowly peel away the mental fragilities of the character mm. of the characters throughout the movies like as you touched on Lawrence Fishburne has this visions of a guy burning like um, I think he sees the guy burning down in the quantum core I think it is for uh, I think that's what they call it like the water um uh, at the base of it that's now being liquefied when they turn the, the uh, gravity back on and uh, slowly but surely that bursts the flames or something and a guy starts to emerge from it and like yeah. this and then bit by bit like we see that the ship is starting to play mind games with them or whatever forces are contained within the ship are starting to like you know attack the, yeah. attack mentally before it ever attacks physically and the thing about this is that Sam Neill was so uh, Captain, uh, sorry, Doctor Weir was so ready to surrender to it that he had yeah. so much, like he's. It's like it was calling out to him. Exactly, and his fear, which it showed him, he literally sat down with. He didn't yeah. run from it. He literally sat down with it, and that was his Claire back home taking her own life, and that was because you know, well, for amongst other reasons, was that he wasn't there when she needed him because he was so obsessed with his work. So I think he was just like already ready to break. Was clear no, on was, the event horizon? No, I don't believe so. I believe that that, that that's what she did with, when he was basically. Oh no! You know, yeah. Oh yeah, shit, yeah. No. Yeah. She. Yeah. 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 I remember. Yeah. No. I didn't want yeah. to give it away because we'll touch on it later. But uh, yeah, I actually I remember what you're talking about there. What happens with Claire? Um, so, what did you think of the design of the quantum core room? Those spikes all around the walls a little bit unnecessary. Spikes all around the walls. <laughs> Three um, <laughs> circular magnetic shields, apparently, that kind of like, go around like a gyro, and they've got spotlights yeah. on them because that's... <laughs> it looks like a place that's just oozing with radioactiveness. Like, you know I know, like radioactivity. when they first go in there, Dr. Weir says, Captain, it's perfectly safe. And I'm like, Everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> I love though about that part where Jody Richardson lets Lawrence Fishburne walk over first. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. She's like, just her, she's like, oh, just like oh, Captain's good, I'll follow him. <laughs> you know yeah, mean? yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh oh, but he but I think this is where you just find that it doesn't the ship doesn't wait to drive everyone crazy and make everyone do what it wants because you only need one. Yeah. You really do only need one. And you only need like a, a pretty small amount of sabotage when everything's kind of gone to shite already. To yeah. kind of like ensure that death, destruction, whatever the hell it is that the ship actually wants. Um, and um, there's a really cool scene coming up as well. Do you remember when the ship starts malfunctioning or something and um, Dr. Weir goes to investigate? And him and Lawrence Fishburne go down into the quantum core, or whatever it's called, and they open up like, a, like a, a panel in the wall and they crawl into this room that looks like it's straight out of the cube. It's like a vent, but it's all lit in like a luminous green. And it's going, and as he's going through, there's like power surges, and it's like it goes, it's like it's really bright and it's really dark. 
he finds the panel and he starts working on it and then the power surge start happening and then he starts seeing like you know Claire in the vent and shit and he's like got nowhere to go because he's in the vent and it's just like you know it starts getting darker and darker and darker I hate scenes in vents. Uh, they're so fucking claustrophobic. claustrophobic like, yeah. yeah, it's like the descent, you know, when they go through some of the cre- crevices and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. Descent oh, is an excellent example. Oh, man, that movie fucking hell, I hate watching it. But, um, well, it's yeah. great when you have claustrophobia in space, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, it's just the ultimate it, form of claustrophobia, isn't it? No, oh, absolutely. Even outside feeds claustrophobia because you're going to be inside a space suit at the very least. Exactly, right yeah, that's it. There's no... There's no way around it. Like, there's no atmosphere. There's things you take for granted. Um, it, yeah, it's an ex- it's excellently it's excellently poised to just show that you've only got hours to go. You could literally go insane before anything yeah. actually else happens. And yeah. Doctor Weir obviously had darker demons in his closet than maybe anybody else. And it definitely, I think, started to focus on him. Yeah, he was like the Red Skull. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? like, yeah. It was like the dark was his serum and it just amplified the worst parts of his nature. You know? That was exactly what it was like. And, and I'm trying, um, trying to think, it gets to around this point that we see that the, the video clears up. They see that like everyone was basically... Yeah, I think Jason Isaacs or um, Mama Bear was working on the video in the meantime. I yeah. think it was Jason Isaacs that said he was going to try to clear it up or something. And, um, and not nowadays, instead of just an audio with um, a distorted video... They have the true nature of the events of Event Horizon. Noel, what did you make of this scene? My God, I mean... <laughs> Holy <you> shit. <laughs> I mean, when there's like murder and sodomy and, <laughs> you know, orgy. One guy was uh, eating his own arm, I think. One guy was eating his own arm, and I think yeah. they might have been having sex as well. Um, that's how you do it. That's real fisting. That's, that's how you do it, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he was standing there, and he's holding his own eyes. The captain. Oh, uh, that was the captain. Captain... Uh, yeah. Killpack. Killpack. Awesome name. Mm. Um, and he was holding his own eyes. And that's when you knew that uh, this ship is doomed. As in, no good comes from this. I Get love the fuck the, out of here the, right now. The best scene of the whole movie, in my opinion, I know you love the Justin scene, but um, is the recording. Like, I love those oh, scenes yeah, where you find, it, the, you find that information that shows you how doomed you are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I love that. Like, you know, it's like, and, the, the fact that your man's like looks at the camera and he says that at two, uh, was it Liberté at two MA or something? There's some like yeah, yeah. person that's fluting that and it's like, these guys are fucking idiots. But <laughs> 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 like, you know, and he's got his eyes and shit. Like, um, but yeah, and, like when you see that and you know that wherever they went, because something we didn't really touch on was this ship using the quantum drive or quantum core or whatever creates like a black hole within space yeah and that's how it it, it uh, travels through space time which sam neil says a lot in this movie yeah. <laughs> he says the term space time a lot or <laughs> like sometimes he, he says hard. space and time yeah he's like i bet he was like if i do this right i'm definitely going to be the next captain of the enterprise yeah. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it <laughs> but uh he yeah sorry where are we we're we're, we're there and we've We've got the tapes, but that's when they realize there's nobody has any illusions anymore. Everyone just decides to uh, get my ship ready and get me the fuck off this thing. Yeah. Because uh, the captain's like, you get, you get Justin ready. You do this. You do this. We're getting out of here. It's kind of one of the strengths of the movie, though, isn't it? Because they're, they're very quick to understand and go, okay, we don't believe that this could be real. But at the end of the day, we're all seeing these illusions, these hallucinations. 
Um, so something the fuck's going on here. You know what I mean? Like it's like that's what I think I liked about Lawrence Fisherman's Captain Miller. There was no like as as you said earlier, like there was no like, oh let's rescue this, or whatever. It's just like no, let's just go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, it's kinda of like that as the Chris Rock joke about the difference between like a white family moving into a haunted house and a black family. Like you know, it's like it's like get out. Oh baby, we're going. Like that's the difference, like Lawrence like Lawrence Fisher is like, like you know what I mean? He's like, I'm using my knowledge of the streets. <laughs> I know when shit's about to go down and getting the <laughs> fuck out of here immediately. <laughs> he, just, he just says Rudy gets to pack up their shit and go. Yeah. Um, and that is, it looks like you're kind of at this point, you're thinking, ah, Sam Neill's going to do some shit now because obviously that's not how the film ends. Yeah. It's not like, and then they all got back on the ship. Everyone was fine. And they lived happily ever after. That's it, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. This ah. is where um, Lawrence Fishburne starts coming up with his idea that he said, we're going to repair the Lewis and Clark, and then we're going to rig, because uh, pretty much a man said, you can't return without the event horizon. And he goes, oh, I'm not going to do that. And what I'm going to do is, I'm going to board Lewis and Clark, I'm going to rig this yoke for explosion, I'm going to get far enough wind, and I'm going to blow it to smithereens. Whatever the I think actually he is. said missiles from the ship. Oh, effectively, yeah, yeah, effectively. Because they do thing. later rig it with explosives, don't they? Like, they do. Yeah, the bridge. But they actually said earlier on that, that the bridge could be separated from the engine because, you know, it, it's a fail-safe. Yeah. But, um... Makes sense. But, but this is when Sam Neill just goes, like, he goes, come on, Doctor, we're going home. And Sam Neill goes, uh, Doctor Weir goes, I'm already <laughs> home. And, and he steps back into the yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, okay, I'm leaving him here. <laughs> yeah, right. so, That's exactly what I do. Like, right? <laughs> You know, let the record record. Bitch went mad, and but yeah. then of course, then of course, uh, this is the thing that the, the, the mama bear. She obviously was a little bit further gone than you realize, because when everyone's running, getting to the ship, she sees her son, like run by the engine room, and she follows him. Yeah, and I thought that was so strange because at this point they're all they're all absolutely know that this ship is not to be trusted. Your son yeah. is eight billion miles away. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like other side of our solar system, like the other side of our solar system, and and he's not like he's not he's not there. Just yeah. just get the fuck out. And she follows. And I thought it was because I think of all the ways people can die, it's like their their own paranoia getting them is always, yeah. is always an I think interesting one. The ship is very seductive, though, and how it plays with your fears as well. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like because it lures you in, like and like. That like uh, even though she knows it's not real, um, just her motherly instincts—that's what it's playing in a on. Big way, her motherly yeah. instincts. It's yeah. like a one in a trillion chance if you're a parent, if your kid's there, that one in a trillion chance you're going to scope it out just in case. You just have to. Yeah, just yeah. Whole, she climbs a ladder as he does this and the other, and then she, her her son kind of opens his arm to embrace her, and she runs and she just falls. Yeah, and it is a brutal yeah. landing. Yeah, she like literally is a blood bag in this moment when she hits oh the ground. Oh my god, yeah, she hits a couple of things, a couple of this and that on the way down. But then when she hits the ground, she hits a grace and yeah. she just explodes. With yeah, is it? And then, <laughs> and then just for gratuitiness nature of the film, she just has one last gulp. You know, like yeah. one last like I'm suffering a little bit. You know, before she <laughs> shuffles off the mortal coil. And that, she's the first confirmed kill. Yeah, because Justin's in stasis. Yeah, it's Justin's and Stasis. 
And the thing is, like, and I, I kind of realized that watching us gone. She's the first kill. I know, like, the crew, their dead bodies, and all that, like, a lot of badness has happened. But yeah. when I realized that, I was like, yeah, this film is coasted by quite well on just the darkness. Yeah, he, he showed us a more strained hand here than he has in his previous, in his follow movies, Paul W. S. Anderson. Where yeah. He held back on the information. It was clever. He had, like, the doctor spoon-fed them enough information to get them there to agree to it. And then by the time the doctor was clever enough to reveal, even even when he was revealing information, he's still hiding stuff from them. And I like that about this movie that, you know what I mean? He's constantly spoon feeds them enough. And this keeps the narrative moving along nicely. And like, and it keeps people alive. You know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, here's enough information to keep you alive for now. Enough information yeah. to keep you alive for now. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden the doctor goes off the deep end. There's nobody else feed, feeding them information. And now they're there to be killed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And as I say, at this point, it's uh, at this point they're being hunted and they're being murdered because yeah, it's a shit. film that had literally no but no murders per se. They had <clears throat> they had the the whole airlock scene, but uh, this is where there's uh, the the navigator is on the ship, and how did how did uh, Captain Miller figure out that your man sabotaged the ship because he gives him a heads up? I remember that. Um, uh, he figures out because he sees that one of the explosives are missing from the umbilicus or whatever that thing's called. That giant. That's the one. Yeah, because what happens is um, they show a shot of Smitty. Um, he's back. Uh, and uh, Richard T. Jones uh, Cooper is on on the outside. It's got like this like massive foam that they filled in the hallway, and he's drilling like shoving massive bolts into it. And he's like, he's just about ready. I want to get the fuck out of here. This place scares the shit out of me or whatever. And Smith and Cooper's like, yeah, I'm ready. And then he's about to come back in. And then Smitty's getting everything ready. And then Lawrence Fishburne's on the thing. He's like on a monitor talking to him. And then he is like, let me check out something for a second. And he walks over, sees one of the explosives they've set to blow the umbilicus is missing. And in the meantime, Smitty just saw Dr. Weir um, leave. Uh, Shit, that's it. Yeah, leave the Lewis and Clark. But before this, we've seen Dr. Weir who kind of gets locked in this trance where he sees his wife um, in a bath. She's committed suicide. She slit her wrist. And I think he starts scratching at his own eyes. And it's like... Well, she, it's, it's like she... The, the vision she's starts scratching at his eyes out. Yeah. But that, then it shows that he's kind of doing it to himself, which yeah, is like which, succumbing to the vision, essentially. Which is a kind of a callback to, I'm not sure if we touched on it, but the, the crew from the Event Horizon were missing eyes. There was a body that they seen. And oh, yeah. said... One guy said, oh, maybe it was decompression. And I think Jason Isaacs said, look at the eyes, look at the damage to the soft tissue. It yeah. looks like somebody clawed at it. De- yeah, decompression doesn't animal. do that. Yeah, said, decompression <laughs> doesn't do that. Um, it looks like, yeah, but, uh, like an animal attack. And so... Smitty kind of goes like, "There's a get off, there's a bomb on board. And he goes, so for some reason he goes, you know what, before I get off, I'd like to see this bomb. <laughs> <laughs> but I know because he was like, oh, God damn it, Captain, I just put her back together. Even though yeah. Cooper's on the outside <laughs> doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like, did, did we do that, Speed? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Cooper, yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so now we see, like, Cooper, so Cooper's still out in space. Smitty's searching for the bomb. Dr. Weir's left to Lewis and Clark. He's gone back to Event Horizon, on board Event Horizon. Justin's in Stasis. And uh, Captain Miller's still there. Jolie Richardson, uh, Lieutenant Stark, is still there. Mama Bear's now dead. And Jason Isaac's Barry. character is still alive. So there are all the people are on our event horizon. And this is where we're going to kind of lead into the big, you know, climax and the run into the end of the movie for the second yeah, half. It does so, run. Yeah, it, it does, does run. 
Yeah, because the, there's a ticking time clock in a minute to dock with the rent horizon, so it's clever. Yeah, it speeds back everything down. They're down to like an hour or two or something. Yeah, three D, three D two night time. Yeah, so and um, we see before this as well that um, before Mama Bear dies, um, her and Smitty took like twenty five of the CO two scrubbers from the rent horizon because they moved them to Lewis and Clark. So when Smitty um looks for this bomb. Um, Lawrence Fishman's time to get out of there. He's trying to find the bomb because he's trying to save the ship. I have no idea where he's going to put it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, or maybe he's going to disarm it. But I love Sean Pertweed's, uh, Pertweed's uh, expression when he finds the bomb and he realizes like yeah. three or four seconds left. He just like yeah, quivers. Just, There's no yeah. like, sh oh shit. There's none of that. He's just like. He just drops it, his it, head. Yeah, it's just like it's yeah, really it's... good acting. He's a really, really good actor. I really like him. Um, but um, yeah, yeah so the that's thing, it. It's not. It's never like, oh, no overacting. Then, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. that's not what we do. You just be like, oh, like you literally, we probably, like, obviously, we would never know, but I'm sure there's no words. Would that no. describe the fear, the instant fear that you know you're about no. to die in three seconds? You know what yeah. I mean? Like, like, so millions of miles from home. Yeah, like the scariest Every shit I'll be thinking, you're like, oh, I could have 30 years left, thinking I've got three seconds left. In an instant, you just find this news out. You have to, like, uh, you know, you have to compute all that information while computing that bomb is about to explode in front of you. And then the yeah. only thing that would come out would be just sheer terror. And I think he portrayed yeah. that or conveyed that really, really well. And um, so he he gets killed here. The Lewis and Clark gets destroyed. Uh, Cooper, who's on the remnants of, uh, like, a piece, like, for lack of a better term, like a piece of shrapnel from the Lewis and Clark, he gets blown into uh, space. Lewis and Clark is uh, decimated. And the... Pretty much everyone that's left is now on the event horizon and it's all about like pretty much see if you can survive um uh, until we get this umbilicus separated from the deck or the bridge so we can you know get the fuck out of dodge and now we see cooper drifting in space and they come back to him again actually no maybe they didn't know they, they, no, they actually yeah they stay with him for a minute he decides that he's going to release his air valve like do an iron man as matt damon calls it in the martian and um, he's like, I'm going to go Iron Man. <laughs> do you remember that? <laughs> do you remember the, uh, he's like, don't do it. No, I'm going to go Iron Man. <laughs> and he's like, and um, so he kind of does that. He says to, to vent his air, use it like a, like a jetpack of sorts. Propulsion, propel, yeah. Yeah, to propel him from the, the bit of the ship that blasted away to to uh, the event horizon. I love this scene where he's like, he blasts off. He's flying clearly to nothing. Like, I don't know where the event horizon is supposed to be. Is it on in Neptune or I thought it was like outside Neptune? I'm not I sure. I think what. it's on, I think it's in Neptune. The atmosphere or something. Or is it? The upper orbit or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. like he's flying directly towards the He's like, I'm coming at you, motherfuckers. Yeah. It's like, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, dude, you're venting all your oxygen. No shout. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to reach you, motherfuckers. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, ro roll call. Um, yeah. We have. Isaac, uh, the doctor is Weir yeah. is alive. Yeah. Uh, the the EXO, the, the first commanding officer, is we don't know to be dead, and she doesn't turn out to be dead. Captain Miller is alive, yeah. and Cooper is just an absolute boss out in space, and he's yeah, like he's not Iron done yet. Yeah, he's Iron Manning. Yeah. Uh, so what what's left is Lieutenant Stark, uh, uh, Captain Miller, Doctor Weir, and um, you have what's his face, DJ Jason Isaacs. And uh, and this is where um, uh, Lawrence Fishburne uh, gets on the phone or on the intercom or something to Jason Isaacs, who's in the belly of the beast in um, the med bay, I think, of because uh, he's the one that's been looking after Justin, and he's he's in the med bay and 
he pretty much we seen earlier on. He stuck a scalpel to um, I think it was um Cooper's neck when he was uh, losing his cool um with Doctor Weir. Um, actually, yeah, I think it was uh, it was either Cooper or Smitty. One of them were losing their cool, and um, uh, DJ stuck a scalpel to his neck. So he obviously shows that he has you know obviously a darker side to him as well. And I love how confident he is here when Lawrence Fishburne, Captain Miller, tells him he's like Doctor Weir's on board. You know he's obviously you know insane or whatever, and he's like, don't you worry. I'll take care of him. And he's like going through his instruments and like Dr. Weir's like behind him straight. <laughs> I mean, like turns around and he's just like, yeah, and he gets bitch slapped here. Like, yeah. bitch slapped. <laughs> like he had a high, like high expectations of his combat abilities that were yeah. definitely unfounded. <laughs> <laughs> now, so, turn my- turn my back to the only entrance to this room <laughs> and to get all my instruments ready yeah it's just like what i do is i get changed in my form yeah. of murder gear you know what yeah. i mean like dr um, weir's about to bear witness to the fitness yeah. <laughs> and he's like he's stripping seductively like, you know? yeah, yeah yeah he's like greasing himself up like um uh, tom hardy and bronson come on you cunts come on fucking hell he's a lunatic um but what's called so yeah, so now Jason Isaac's uh, DJ, he gets killed here, and the numbers are really whittling down slowly but surely. Um, a little side note that I wanted to mention before I forgot. Uh, one thing I loved about you know the insignia on uh, Doctor Weir's uh, uniform. Yeah, it's got the Australian flag, but in the top corner instead of the Union Jack, it's actually got the Aboriginal flag. Um, I really? thought that was cool. Yeah, I thought that was cool because maybe they're saying that like. Australia in this future has had its independence succeeded, seceded from Britain or whatever and, you know, incorporated the Aboriginal flag into their... The only reason they said it is because it popped in my head and I was full sure I was going to forget before the end of the podcast. So, you know, a bit of nerd trivia for y'all, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you're yeah, like, I like the... They're, they're the little like flags before we had the word yeah. Easter, I think. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Sheldon. It's like, do you like flags? <laughs> <laughs> Fun with flags. Yeah. Um, but the doctor, the DJ got killed here. Yeah, he gets fucked up at least because he yeah. gets thrown around the med bay. I'm not 100 percent sure if he dies here, but That's he definitely what I'm trying get, to think. Yeah, he gets is... thrown. He gets thrown around the med bay because literally there's only Doctor Weird, DJ, um, Cooper in space, and it's the Captain Miller and Lieutenant Stark are the only ones left now. So yeah. Jolie Richardson, Lawrence Fishburne, Jason Isaacs, Richard T. Jones, and Sam Neill are the only ones yeah. left alive at this stage. And like, uh, I'm not sure if Jason Isaacs survives. This part because you know he gets the, the shit kicked out of him in the med bay anyway, and um, it, Lawrence Fishburne I think then goes after Doctor Weir or does he try to find her one first? No, he finds remember? Stark. He finds her. Yeah. She's she's unconscious, but she's fine. And like all unconscious yeah. people in movies, if you tap them on the shoulder, they will wake up. It's like so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I just seem to have been deeply unconscious just there. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, like as a person that's being concussed, that's not something you yeah, should love yeah. quickly, me, but you know And I mean? they're on the bridge, and then <laughs> like, they're like, oh, you know, we have to Dr. Weir this, blah, blah, blah. And then Dr. Weir turns around in the, the, the unnecessary chair that all the ships apparently have, and that's the revolver. <laughs> Beep! I'll be with you yeah. in five moments. Beep! Yeah. Oh, there's a big reveal. I'm not going to who I am. <laughs> and he kind of gives the whole, you know, he's obviously gone full, full on um, Sith Lord. Um, yeah, he's like you know we want unlimited power. <laughs> yeah, something, something adventurizing. <laughs> but um, he, he belongs to the ship now. 
Yeah, he's yeah, he's like he's giving into it. Like the rest of them are fighting against him, but he's just he gave into it from get go on. Like whatever happened to him in Jurassic Park just stayed with him so much that like you know what I mean? And more like he's just like I'm giving into this. So he's giving into the dinosaurs. Yeah, yeah. I regretted it. And the dinosaurs could be not overlords, you know what I mean? But like he just like gives into it. He's like, I, I love this though, the marks on his face. And they're just like it's, it's like like, oh, what happened to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, this guy's clearly unstable. Anything he does yeah. should not be unexpected at this stage. <laughs> you know what I mean? Where we're going, we won't need eyes to see. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, this all happens quite quick because that's a cool James, they, they try and attack him. It doesn't work. He put, he, he, put, he throws Stark away by her throat and he points to this kind of railgun type thing that they had, which is quite futuristic looking. Oh, oh actually, hype. Lawrence Fishburne gets that first, doesn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how it ends up. I don't know how it ends up, but we are so easily. But really yeah. <laughs> he's like he literally brought the gun to him. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he goes, if you shoot me, you'll cause decompression, and you know he goes, well, what, what, what makes you think? Yeah, what makes you think I'll miss? Enter Cooper, who yeah. comes in screaming. Now, what I don't understand is the comms reader on or they worked. Yeah. It's not like you could hear him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. I was like, how the fuck did they hear him through yeah, that? Right? <laughs> you know, glass dense enough to... to, 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 to stand space. While <laughs> in a spacesuit. Yeah, but it's like, how shoddy is the event horizon made? <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Man takes but, a shot and of course it hits the glass and boom. They, 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 uh, and this looks like it spells the end of Dr. Weir because Cooper manages to get in and Stark uh, managed to get dragged to freedom, but dragged through the door by Miller. So yeah. they, for the moment, they're safe. Yeah. And uh, he and makes he a very poor attempt to save her, though, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, well, I, I, yeah, I love that. Yeah. To leave my hand not, here a little longer. <laughs> I love it. He's like, I, mm, I, I think, like you know, I should stay where I could probably save myself if she doesn't make it. You know what I mean? He's like, uh, yeah, if you can reach me. I will save you. But yeah. if you can't, I will save myself. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> and then, you know, like, we're not done here. We have to blow up the engine. Because that's the way it always is. You know, yeah. we have to stop this thing once for all. Uh, he, he decides to go it alone. Uh, Cooper, yeah, Cooper uh, Cooper comes in through one of the airlocks. He, don't hit me. I thought it was really funny. Yeah. All, like, no, he just comes in and goes, don't hit me. Yeah. Uh, uh, but he goes to the engine room and Weir's not dead. The ship brought him back. Yeah. Uh, he's he's all cut up and stuff. He's pretending to be the liquid fire guy. Your man doesn't fall for that. Uh, mm. And then he gives him the whole, the ship won't let me die. It's blah, 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 blah. And uh, they have a pointless fight because your man had a detonator. So he just fights him until he can get back <laughs> to the detonator. <laughs> yeah, So because like before Lawrence Fishburne goes deeper into the vent horizon and set on the strain and whatnot, the... Uh, the last two remaining survivors, um, Lieutenant Stark and uh, Cooper, they get sent to stasis and um, they're going to try and pretty much survive in the depths of space until they're found and rescued. And Lawrence Fishburne initially is going to go with them, but then he decides that he's going to go down with the ship kind of thing like the captain should do, really. Yeah. And um, yeah, so he decides to pretty much, uh, you know, kamikaze style, he's going to get a go and blow up the quantum drive which in turn yeah. will destroy the Hervento Raisin or whatever the fuck. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like, and this is where, as you said, he, he fights with Sam Neill. And, like, man, with Sam Neill, like, do you think, like, certain elements of this felt like they were trying to make Sam Neill feel kind of pinheadish. 
Like, you know what I mean? Oh, like yeah. I said, oh, yeah. Like, mm. he's because they brought him back and they gave him back his eyes, but he was completely covered in lacerations yeah. all over his body. Like, you know, there was yeah. clearly he was he was to- literally physically tortured, but he loved it. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he wanted it. And that's that is Pinhead. Like, that's pain you know, and pleasure. Yeah. Pain and <laughs> pleasure and yeah. indistinguishable and all this yeah. kind of stuff. But, I um, couldn't remember the next part. I was like, I know Noah's going to finish it if I said the first yeah, part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but he, uh, Good old reliable Noah, John. <laughs> but he kind of, he blows himself up and he saves the day. And it kind of, it, this is the well, Before that though, before that, remember, Sam Neill gives him a glimpse into the hell dimension and what he'll do to his crew. Yeah. Actually, that's what it is. Because I think Lawrence Fishburne was going to set a timer and at least make an attempt to get back. Yeah, uh, but once he sees what he's going to do to the crew and stuff, he puts his hand through the flames and grabs the detonator, detonator and he goes, um, or as your man would have called it, a detonator or something. A de- detonator. <laughs> yeah, and he goes, do you see, or something like that, and he goes, oh yeah, I see. Boom. And uh, he pulls the, yeah, and, and your man just does the whole, no! Uh, uh, blows up. The whole, the event horizon engine is destroyed, the ship the umbilicus is separated from from the from the whole bridge yeah yeah and they're sent back the right direction and then she has a dream then she wakes up from in her incubation 72 days later stark yeah 72 days later and she's the guy's like this rescuer's like it's okay it's okay it's okay takes off his helmet and it's cap dr weir and he's and he's you know he says something maniacal of course and then but then she wakes up for real and she realized that they're safe and it's just her and Cooper and yeah. um the the young rescue lad, team. Yeah, with the actual rescue team. And then it literally just goes the end. Yeah. yeah I, gonna, I didn't know like I don't know if you'd call that an open end because like having a nightmare would be obvious to me. Yeah. Just you are having nightmares. That wouldn't yeah. be evidence that there's anything coming. That was horrific. I'm having nightmares ever Yeah, since. they they should have um alluded to something got from the ship onto that part of the ship. Like, um, have you ever exactly. seen exactly? Have you ever seen the movie Life? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brian Robinson. Yeah. Like that. yeah. We we should do an episode on that because the the ending and that's really strong. So we won't give it away now. But a very strong way, ending. Yeah. yeah. The way they, they the way they end that movie is like I think it could have done something in a similar vein in. Adventure oh yeah, Horizon. absolutely. Yeah, you know, a sense that this evil has come from the depths of space, or uh, what was it called? Something Centauri. Alpha Centauri yeah. or something was the yeah. name of this uh, planet they were aiming for to try uh, FTL to or whatever. Um, so like if something had come and that was making its way back to Earth, you know what I mean? Like and um, that would have been really really cool because then you like you think oh wait they survived no they didn't they all wait they survived and you're like yeah. what they didn't and the thing is the like, end you know the thing mean? whatever it was that came back with it was like basically ingrained in the ship itself. Yeah. Like exactly, like, well and that's just the power this. of the ship. It's like you're just exactly. like, um, so, amputating a limb or something. Yeah, so like the, you might be bringing the... They never like did the whole allude to the fact that you might be bringing it back to Earth with you, yeah. or that it might be inside of you, the human being. Yeah, um, I think the core was the... the, the it needed, I think it might have needed the core, because everything seemed... It might have needed the core to... Mm. Yeah, the, that's it, that's it. The core was the connection. So I guess like in one, it was it was a really really good film. It could have been like again, I could look back on it and I could definitely critique it. Or like I have, but yeah, but I have to say I watched that and went yeah, well, that's it's a, a cool. It's, and, and it's a and fucking it's, masterpiece compared to Paul W. S. Anderson's other oh movies, though. Like yeah, not fair oh instead. Like, oh my like, god! Like I've never seen a guy butcher a fucking franchise like he did at Resident Evil with so much fervor. 
Oh my god! Like I, I recently just rewatched all of those movies in the past two weeks, just for the shits and giggles. And like, oh my god, those movies go downhill so quickly. It's like, yes. it's like it's kind of like the game. And then the second one's like, it's kind of more like the game. And then the third one's like, no, we're just gonna just like forget the games exist, but we're gonna yeah. keep the name. Uh, you know what I mean? And we'll Alice give her superpowers. A, yeah, she's uh, yeah, like a yeah. demigod by like fucking part three or four. It's ridiculous. Like all four thousand of her are demigods. Yeah, clone army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it's true. This, this this film was more grounded. I guess like he he gets hired now to do a job. He can make money. That's, yeah, that's what he, he does. recently made Monster Hunter, which if anyone's seen is a pile of shit too. So veer away from. Oh, it's one. a gigantic pile of shit. But yeah. I watched it because I was in the mood for a gigantic pile of yeah, shit. Yeah, exactly. You watch his movies with low expectations now, and that maybe exactly. enhances the enjoyment of them. It's like a Michael Bay movie. Like, yeah. if you have high expectations going into a Michael Bay movie, that's on you. That's not on that Michael is Bay. On, that because is no longer on Michael Bay. Because he's done nothing in his career to uh, give you any impression that you should have high expectations yeah. going into any of his movies. <laughs> it's like, it's you like, came out, yeah. It's like the scene of South Park. more from the you know? storytelling. Yeah. yeah. I was expecting more from this. No, that's on you. That's 100%. It's like Mr. Bay, their special effect. Um, I don't know the difference. We know you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. All right, let me ask you this before we finish up. If you were to score this film, you are Mr. Rotten Tomatoes, you are Mr. IMDb. Um, would you recommend it? Keep it simple. Oh, oh yeah, no, I definitely recommend it. Um, I'd give it about a 5 out of 10. Um, and simply because there's a lot of silliness in there. Like, uh, yeah. like some of the way they try to convey future technologies was completely unnecessary. And some of the technologies look completely outdated at the same time. And I hate yeah. when movies do that. You either go one way or the other. Like some movies, I think, are trying their best to recapture what Alien did, what 2001 Space yeah. Odyssey did. I know it was big white plastic buttons. Yeah. Looked, you know, that looked like 80s, 80s style or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. You, yeah. you fault it, but you, you, you fault it, but you wouldn't. You wouldn't recommend someone not watch it. Yeah, oh, 100%. I think this anyone should definitely watch this. It's probably Paul W. Sanderson's best movie. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a better one than he's done. Um, uh, it's got a really good cast. Sam Neill, Lawrence Fishburne, you know, Jodie Richardson, Sean, young Sean Pertwee, young Jason Isaacs. Like, it's really got a really stacked cast, and that's what I love about these movies from like the late 90s, yeah. early 2000s. Like, there's nine times out of ten now you're not going to see a Jason Isaacs in a sci-fi horror or Sam Neill, maybe a Lawrence Fishburne. He was recently in, you know, Predators, uh, directed by, shit, I can't remember his name, but uh, produced by Robert Rodriguez, starring, you know, Shane Brody and shit. No, no, he did yeah. the Predator, um, Jump Yeah, Predators. he did, I knew it. The second I said it, I knew it was wrong. From, from 2010, starring Adrian Brody, you know, that one. Um, Total Grace. Really, yeah. um, uh, directed by Nimrod Antal, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, well, I, I would not have guessed that. Yeah, either would I, to be honest. Um, but, like, yeah, would you recommend it, or do you think it's aged Oh, yeah, well? oh, yeah. I think the special effects haven't necessarily aged well, but, like we said, like I said to you before recording, that's just, that's what they had at the time. That was bleeding edge. You can't yeah. hold that against the film. Yeah, CGI um, was I very think, new in 97. Like. I think if you're into more modern horror films, I think it'd give you a great starting point for a, a lot of what space horror is now. Yeah, I like, don't think you know, there's much space horror that hasn't, scene event horizon you know yeah like something i touched upon earlier before we start recording was like uh, i think it's pandorum with ben foster you know it's inspired like and if you look at sunshine like there's, it's definitely had a lasting legacy whether people you know realize it or not like you know there's there's plenty of uh, event horizon in sunshine 
how they convey convey fear, uh, fear, sorry, and claustrophobia within space. You know what I mean? I just think Sunshine did it better. You know, Danny Boyle's a better director. Yeah. You know, without without, like you know, I don't, you know, I don't think I'm making a bold claim there. You know. No, you're not. No, geez, you're not ruffling many feathers. But still, at the same time, I give it a template of what works. And even sometimes a film yeah. showing you what doesn't work is valuable information. Yeah, it's, and and it's, it does that well. Like, it's a little bit hammy at times, but it's kind of a good hammy. Like, uh, yes. Sam Neill shows up the scenery in every fucking scene he's in, like, you know. Yeah. He's like, you know what I mean? He's like the like like the stereotypical villain of the 90s, really. Like, you oh, know gotcha. I mean? The over-the-top, yeah. manic obsessed with his work you know that kind of thing in, in pursuit you. of knowledge yeah yeah people uh, people are just exp uh, expendable collateral like you know yeah that, that is how we've used it well i'd say like yeah i'd say for me it's definitely it's definitely one worth watching it was definitely one i enjoyed revisiting i think the concept was executed really really well i thought it, it didn't go the aliens route it went to genuinely almost satanic devil yeah it's like hell in space of it. hell in space and it it took from Hellraiser and it took from maybe some some of the older sci-fi's of the 60s and 70s yeah. and it meant something that was kind of refreshing for its era and I think has had huge knock-on effects in films we're seeing in the horror genre today so I tip my cap to it 100% and, and um in I did a very little research but, um, for this movie but I did do I was looking up to see if uh, Paul Anderson was Paul W.S. Anderson and I hear there's a Vent Horizon TV show on the horizon um so oh, yeah so it should I, be quite the event <laughs> so like do you think like if you look at this story do you think it would lend itself well to a longer form of storytelling yes i think with the right right people involved i think it could a single series i think it could yeah like uh a like, a, like a limited series or something like 10 yes episodes exactly on. i think it could would it, you it's like you're, it's a good concept but you're not bleeding it for the sake of bleeding it would you like to see the events of the event horizon for you know like would you like to see like um from the point of view of the event horizon goes into space and they tear through the black hole and go to whatever alpha centauri or whatever the fuck that planet's called and we actually see what happens to the crew because you could actually oh god gotcha. you could do it two seasons long where the first season is uh what happens to the crew in the event horizon all you want and the second season then is lewis and clark you know? yeah if that's it as long as as long as they plan that when they start making it and not like they make the series it's popular and they find some silly reason to come back you know what i mean if they if, that, if they go yeah. in with the, with that being the scope then i'd love it and if not if they just if the series does well and they go what if we prequel this or sequel this or what if we change this or alternate reality this then no just big picture i'd like to see a big yeah. picture because it is a big picture it's an interesting concept but you know what the proof will be in the pudding and do you think that would you prefer if they go like tell a different story or kind of stay true or to what's been a know, different a, a different them? story with kind of tips of the cap you know you could introduce a couple of new characters yeah. it was a very small crew you could definitely um you could definitely expand on that uh and you know you could you could keep it fresh you can bring in a lot of what's been learned in the last 23 years in the cinema and, and use it but yeah I'd, li I'd like it to be i'd like them to use the film as a template all right but at the same time i'd like them to reach further into it and definitely use yeah. the, the hell and, dimension um, and stuff like that more um yeah no because uh, yeah, there's there was a lot left on the table in the potential like uh mythos or whatever so up in the universe of interaction and like you could even maybe expand it you could show what kind of world these characters come from living because they kind of touch upon it 
but they never really delve into it. They really don't, anyway. yeah. That's it. And it does. I do um, I do it'll lend itself to a series and we'll definitely critique it. Um and um so like um, over twenty years later, Event Horizon, in your opinion, aged well and well enough to be held in the high yes. regard and you'd obviously recommend yeah. I think yeah, and I think it paved the way. So, so yeah, tip it gets uh it gets a thumbs up from me, it really does. A six stars out of ten. Uh uh, yeah, so you give it six out of ten. Yeah, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty much just like a, a steady representation of the genre. It's a good sci-fi horror. Yeah, you know, and it asks a lot of interesting questions and some interesting premise too. But uh, so before we get the fuck out of here, we know it's a short episode tonight, but we we're cut short on time, so we blasted through it. Um, Noel, do you have anything else you want to say in Event Horizon before we leave? Um, oh, yeah, well, I, I guess I'll see you at the next event on the Horizon. Boom! This is this fucking game. <laughs> flawless, flawless. Flawless victory. It was the execution yeah. I think people are going to really like. Uh, uh, do you, um, since we talked a bit about it tonight, do you want to do Sunshine next yes. time out? I think I think yeah. that would be so a nice fluid way to go about it. Cool. So, right. Um, next time out, we're going to do the Danny Boyle director Sunshine, starring Chris Evans, Kelly Murphy, and um, a lot of other actors. Uh, but, uh, so, Noel, we get yeah, to Yeah, I have to get out of here, but... Thanks for listening, folks, and it's goodbye from him, and it's goodbye from me. Right, so I'm your host, Vincent Green. He's your host, No John Tootie. This is the Invasion of the Poly Snatchers, your one-stop shop where everything goes chop, chop, chop. And that's another episode, folks. We're getting the fuck out of here. See Peace you next out, time. Please.